Previously on Kings of the Ring, Julian Kane found out his finances were in much worse shape than he realized, and due to the provisions in his father's will, if the EWF doesn't meet a certain level of profit margin for 1984, he will lose control of the empire to Sal Spinelli and Louis Giannopoulos. And for his last-ditch effort to save his company, Julian concocted his own version of the CWA's Battle of the Stars as the show to end all shows hoping to make more money in one night than anyone in wrestling ever has before. It is now time for the 45-minute jumbo-sized episode, Empire Mania. Today's episode would be rated M.A. for profanity, nudity, and sexual content. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kings of the Ring. The limousine splashes through a slushy street in Times Square, beneath a colossal painting of Thor Hansen beside Sylvester Stallone under huge white and gold letters that read Empire Mania. Inside, Julian Kane, silent and deep thought, sits across from the other two-thirds of the Empire Brain Trust, Les Henderson and Nigel Davies. Is that? As for the contracts, everyone has signed theirs except for Killian Kavanaugh and Donnie Gold. What's a hold up? Killian wants guaranteed money, and Donnie's hesitating because... Guaranteed money? For wrestling? Can you believe it? Uh, hey, look! The Marks are wearing the new EWF t-shirts! Henderson sees as they drive down 7th Avenue. Yes, the, the first official t-shirts and programs for Empire Mania are available to customers now. Here and at all of the closed-circuit locations. Julian, I know you're hesitant to put up more money up front to premiere the merchandise, but I believe the gamble will pay off today. I just can't believe how hot it is. Two days before New Year's? It's like summer outside. God must want Empire to be a hit. <laughs> I mean, look at the fans lined up all the way around the block. And there's another news truck and another limo. Hey, is that Carl Weathers? I mean, you can see it, guys. You can feel it. Every TV news station, radio station, and newspaper stand. Everybody's talking about Empire Mania. Hopefully, the local enthusiasm can carry the day. While we have excellent coverage for a first-time closed-circuit event, we are not actually nationwide. And I just received word we are having issues with the satellite in Minneapolis and Cleveland. If they can't get it working, that means no closed-circuit in those buildings. That's not only refunds and no ticket sales, but boxes of t-shirts and programs, untouched and unsold. Julian plunges deeper into silence feeling the soul-crushing reality that everything rides on this one day. Kings of the Ring, Episode 19, Empire Mania. No color! is scrawled in red marker at the top of a sheet that lists the matches for the night as Les Henderson tapes it to the wall near the doorway. Stick to your match times. We're on closed circuit, and the satellite will shut off at 11 o'clock, so we cannot run late. And no fucking juice! What the fuck? I gotta wrestle Madonna? Tarzan shouts as he pokes his head through the mass of muscular arms of guys like Dave, Tall Paul, Leroy Brown, and the other wrestlers, all looking at the sheet, searching for their names, finding out if they're wrestling and with who. No, no, your match is after Madonna. She's gonna sing. Oh, that stinks. I was hoping to go a few rounds with it. 
Leroy Brown adds, Hey man, as long as I'm on the card, I don't even sweat. I'm making more money than I ever did in Allstown. The second generation Calgary product, Brian Levjoy, frets, <laughs> Big surprise, I'm not even working tonight. Marauder number two asks, Hey, any of you boys seen them showgirls Liberace brought with them? Shit, he must fuck a different one every night. Lucky son of a bitch. It gets even more crowded as the expanded production crews and Empire Mania celebrities and their entourages begin filling the hallways, spilling into the locker room. Donnie, I wanted to apologize. Julian Kane approaches Donnie Gold with a handshake. I was a bit cranky back in Boston at the airport without my coffee, and I came on a bit strong. Yeah, sure, Julian. No problem. After some thought, I do think we can elevate you beyond mid-card status to working Thor Hansen after all. Straight after Empire Mania, it's going to be Thor and Killian on top. But once that program wraps up, I see no reason why we can't go with you and Thor. Are you sure, Julian? Yes, uh, but it does mean you're going to need to drop the IC belt. After all, we can't have our Intercontinental Champion doing jobs, even to Thor. Who in? To who? For 1985, we need to beef up our second tour. So I want to pull the trigger on Michael Angel. Tonight, I need you to put him over. Then, we can start building you up to work Thor in the spring. Which means a lot more money, too. Well, yeah, Julian, but it's not about dough, it's more Thanks, about... Donnie. Julian shakes Donnie's hand warmly and walks out of the locker room with a smile. Brother Jack! Where the fuck is Kavanaugh? The 300-pound Samoan beast Tommy, his large afro fully puffed out, sits in a faded green University of Hawaii tank top, shorts, and white socks with blue stripes pulled up just below his knees. An older teenage Polynesian boy standing behind him, they're talking to his manager, Jack Trades. He's holed up in Julian's office. Get this, with a sports agent. Gillian's holding up Julian for more money. Says he won't do the job for Stallone unless he pays him what he wants. Oh, fuck no, brother. The teenage boy punches the locker. Fucking A, Dad. It's already bogus. They changed you into a, a Viet Cong, but now this barfbag Killian Kavanaugh's trying to kill the whole match? Where is that dickweed? Let me kick his ass. Whoa, take it easy, kid. Hey, Jack, this is my boy, Christian James. How old are you, son? Fourteen. Fourteen? You're already built like a grown man. Maybe you could kick Killian's ass. <laughs> When's your dad gonna start training you to wrestle? Young Christian James is still fuming, pacing around. No, he ain't gonna wrestle. He dreamed to play NFL. Then he's gonna be a movie star. <laughs> The next Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> is that right, kid? You think some islander can star in the movies? <laughs> the Samoan teenager glares at Jack Trades and raises one eyebrow. Yeah, why not? More commotion in the locker room as Madonna and her crew plow their way through. She looks through the satin-jacketed bodyguards and surveys the wrestlers, who are all leering back blowing kisses, flickering their tongues between their fingers, or thrusting their groins at her, all fruitlessly trying to get the attention of the hottest rising star in pop music. One guy who isn't looking, though, is Diamond Donnie Gold, as he's far too preoccupied with his own mental baggage. 
yet he catches her eye anyway as she lowers her Ray-Ban sunglasses to get a better look at the handsome face of the golden boy. As he stands naked, changing into his gear, his baby's arm of a penis swinging from a bleach blonde patch of pubic hair that matches the white blonde locks on his head. The atmosphere from the hype of Empire Mania inside Madison Square Garden is so thick you could cut it with a knife, which begins to subside as the disappointing first match they are greeted with is Leroy Brown versus Marauder number two. Holy shit, Tommy Aloha, you made it! As Corporal Punishment in his camouflage pants and combat boots starts brushing his military haircut, he welcomes the handsome Hawaiian from the Carolina Wrestling Association into the Empire locker room. That's right, Jerry, and I brought the big faka too. Corporal looks over, and sure enough, the mammoth Hercules Harris is right behind Tommy, looking awestruck at all the hoopla and the rogues gallery of big names in this locker room. Thor Hansen, Tarzan Kid, Donnie Gold, Michael Angel, and others walking around alongside celebrities as he nervously gulps. Feels like it was just yesterday when us and Killian were driving the back roads of South Carolina every night, and now look at this. Fucking madhouse. Michael Angel told me Sylvester Stallone wants him to audition to play some, some Russian motherfucker in a new Rocky movie. And some guy from Hasbro is here talking to me. He wants to put me in fucking G.I. Joe. Can you believe it? Holy shit, Bob. Look like we came through at our right place. Sure did, Tommy. Everybody's here. And I told Julian you're coming, and he wants to talk. Sure thing, Bob. I gotta go say hi to Tommy. Donnie is lacing up his powder blue wrestling boots, which matches trunks, when a man in a hot pink jacket with the sleeves rolled up over a black t-shirt and yellow pants approaches him. Donnie looks up at the man wearing Tom Cruise Ray-Ban sunglasses, and despite his mostly balding head, still has his hair in a ponytail. Diamond Donnie Gold, baby! Donnie stands. Yeah, that's me. I'm Robert DeZima, Madonna's manager. I wanted to let you know that you have been selected. What? International superstar and pop sensation Madonna has selected you to be her boy toy. Okay, what does that mean? He hands Donnie a hotel key. What it means, my friend, is after the show, you get to arrive at this hotel room, and the one and only Madonna will use you as her sexual slave for the evening. Yow! Okay. The Bronx Bombers are wrestling one of the new powerlifter guys, who can barely work, in a first-time-ever team-up with the former Tony Carlucci, now the Native American Chief Thunder. Crowd, a mix of EWF regulars and fans brought up from the hype of Empire Mania, tolerated the first couple matches, but now their general ambivalence is only interrupted by chance of boring. Nigel Davies and Les Henderson are in the hallway outside of Julian's office. I don't like this, Nigel. Taking too long. Be patient, Leslie. Finally, the door opens, and Killian Kavanaugh, in a tight three-piece suit, Storms out with a cigarette in his mouth, fumbling around for a lighter, while his agent follows him down the hallway. Come on, Barry. Need some air. Julian slowly steps out of the office. Well? You wouldn't agree to put Stallone over, unless I guaranteed he'd be the number one paid guy in the company. I knew it. I fucking knew it, Julian. You can't trust that snake. Is he on the way to the airport now? No, but they're talking over my counter. What was that? To make him... Number two. What? 
You don't even deserve that. Henderson walks away in a huff. Jillian, what does this mean? It means if Killian won't accept being number two, then we're fucked. What happens if he does accept it? We're still fucked. Oh well. Worst case scenario, his giant contract becomes Louis and Sal's problem. Julian begins turning towards the locker room. Nigel, I need some good news, and I need a punching bag for the next year. So get Donnie Gold to sign that fucking contract. I already warmed him up with some bullshit. He should be ready. I'm gonna go meet the Hawaiian and that, uh, that big fucking black guy. I don't even know why he's here. We already have one. Use my office for Donnie. But close the deal, Nigel. Close it. Nigel sighs. A sweaty Pat Stevens makes it back from his match. Who is it out there? Donnie Gold asks. Not pretty, Donnie. Crowd's kind of dead, and our match was the shits, which didn't help. Boy, the Marks have been watching me and Tall Paul work each other for years. They're probably more sick of us wrestling than I am. It's like Julian just threw a bunch of matches together last minute. He throws his elbow pads down, splashing sweat on the floor. Take it easy, brother. I'm sure it wasn't as bad as he thought. Donnie reassuringly pats him, and he's approached by Nigel Davies. Jolly good match, Pat. Pat winks at Donnie, as he knows Nigel didn't actually watch the match. If you'll excuse me, I need to speak with Donnie. Nigel leads Donnie into the hallway. Yes, Donnie, um, I need to speak to you in private. It's about your contract. Now, everyone in the company has signed their contracts, except for you. Let me explain. It's not that- Donnie, I hope you know after all these years, you can trust me. And I would never steer you wrong. Please, let's talk in Julian's office. Julian Kane meets the CWA headliners, Tommy Aloha and Hercules Harris. And who are you, you, you big black thing, you? You're fucking enormous. I love it. Uh, Hercules, uh, Hercules Harris, they call me. Locker room door opens amidst the chaos. Julian looks over and sees Nigel walk in with Donnie Gold. Nigel looks back at Julian and gives him a thumbs up and nods. Well, uh, we'll figure out what to do with you, I promise. Um, we'll probably feud you with Leroy or team you up with him. I assume you know Leroy Brown, right? Actually, sir, uh, we never worked the same place at the same time before. Of course you did. What was I thinking? Donnie Gold makes it back to his suitcase and pulls out a roll of white medical tape, some scissors, and is rummaging around for something else when Michael Angel shows up. Looks like it's you and me tonight, brother. We got 15 minutes. What do you want to do? 15 minutes? I need more time. This for the belt. Les Henderson walks by. Hey guys, you're going on just before Madonna. So you're down to eight minutes. Donnie shakes his head. Shit, brother. What are we going to do in eight minutes? Well, we could do Tulsa, or we could do Houston. Yeah? Nah, I got a better idea. You remember Dallas? Christmas 82? Of course. Best match of my career. Let's do that. Except for the finish, I won't kick out of the backslide. Oh, I appreciate it, Donnie. That match was over 20 minutes. We got eight. Oh, right. We won't do 20 minutes. We'll just do the finish from Dallas. I'll call the rest in the ring. 
as Donnie Gold, wearing the same blue speckled robe he wore at Battle of the Stars 82 when he beat Crusher Krawcheck for the WWA world title, makes his way into the ring, he blows a kiss to a section in the front row, as ringside celebrities Diane Keaton and Andy Warhol both blush as they each think it was meant for them. Donnie assured me he signed the contract and sent it through Federal Express this morning to the office. But more importantly, I convinced him he'll be fine from here on out. Excellent work, Nigel. Excellent work. Killian and his agent walk towards Julian's office door and wave to Julian. Now it's my turn. Remember, we don't have a backup scenario. As long as we have Thor and Stallone in the main event tonight, we're fine. By the time Donnie's match and Madonna are done, I'll be done. Donnie Gold seems more motivated than usual. His charisma is amped to a 10 as he surveys the capacity crowd of over 20,000. And despite their eight minute orders, Donnie Gold starts the match out slow, with lots of teases and stalling. And slowly but surely, he starts to suck the crowd into the match. It's pretty simple, Killian. I'm giving you an opportunity. Now I'm giving you the top guy who'll put over a Hollywood actor. Not just any actor. Fucking Rambo. Fucking Rocky. True, but that's just fiction. This is wrestling. Les Henderson is near ringside, nervously watching his Timex digital watch past the eight minute mark, signaling the referee as the ref makes a subtle expression to Les that Donnie is ignoring him. While Les notices they aren't even close to a finish in the ring, he also can't help but notice how the crowd is way more into this match than the others. At the area near the entrance to the arena floor, Les Henderson is parked in front of a monitor production set up to watch the show. We are now 15 minutes in, and Donnie has taken them outside the ring. Donnie throws Michael towards the ring post, and just like they did in Dallas, Michael reverses and Donnie gets thrown into the ring post. He falls to the bare, cold, concrete floor as the sweaty, real-life He-Man Michael Angel looks out into the sea of fans inciting more cheers. Donnie stands up, shaking his head and yells, his entire forehead splashed with bright red blood. Damn it, Donnie! You fixing to get me fired? Liz Henderson smashes a paper cup of coffee on the floor in anger. And then he turns around and sees half the locker room is behind him all gathered around the monitor, watching Michael Angel versus Diamond Donnie Gold. 25 minutes have passed, and Donnie is completely tearing the house down with Michael Angel. He's bumping his ass off all over that ring, getting gorilla press, backdrop practically into the lights, flipping in the corner. It's the moves, it's the bumps, but also the timing of everything and the working of the crowd, whipping them into a frenzy. Thor Hansen is the number one guy, and nothing will change that. But you are the Darth Vader of the Empire Wrestling Federation, and all the money that comes with it. But you have to sign this now. Killian looks at Julian, then looks at his agent, and then back at Julian. Almost the entire locker room was gathered around the monitor, watching the master Donnie Gold at work in that ring. 
Les Henderson gave up long ago and is side by side with all the wrestlers, cheering along for this match. Madonna's manager is livid at Henderson. Hey, you hick! We were supposed to go on a half hour ago! Can't you stop this match? Fuck off, Turkey! We're watching history here! Madison Square Garden has never seen a match like this before, and those who have never even watched wrestling before are completely captivated at what a wrestling match can be. But all 23,000 fans are unified in one belief, to see Michael Angel win. No, Donnie tells Michael as Michael whips Donnie into the ropes and readies to hip toss the golden boy. After bouncing off the ropes, Donnie blocks his move by putting his hand on Michael's hip so he can't be lifted. Michael turns and pushes Donnie's head down and hooks his hands over his back and under Donnie's armpits and swings Donnie's back onto his and falls to his knees. As Donnie's legs and body flail in the air, the referee counts. One, two, three. Congratulations, Killian. And good on you too, Julian. You drive a hard bargain. Julian signs a contract too and shakes Killian's hand. And here is your winner and new Intercontinental Champion, Michael Angel. From the aisle, Diamond Donnie Gold looks back to the ring with pride at Michael Angel, who is in tears, holding up the gold belt. Michael gets the championship win over him he never got in All-South. Fans throughout the arena crying in celebration at Michael's emotional victory and the birth of an Empire Megastar. Estani makes his way to the curtain in the tunnel. He's feeling more emotionally fragile than ever before as he reflects on the rough 1984 he had and the uncertain future that awaits him as he walks further and further away from the ring, the one place that no matter how hard Julian buries him, no matter how many jobs he does, at least for this one night, he can remind everyone that he is simply the best damn wrestler in the world. Donnie opens the doors to the hallway and is met by applause from every single wrestler in the Empire locker room. Every referee, every official, even Sylvester Stallone. As he walks, they're all smiling, shaking his hand, patting him on the back, and telling him it was the best match they've ever seen. Les Henderson telling him he saved the show. Donnie is overwhelmed by the outpouring of support from the boys. And when Thor Hansen approaches with the EWF world title belt and throws it on Donnie's shoulder, it's too much, and Donnie breaks down crying. Michael Angel soon joins them, and he goes straight to Donnie and hugs him, while Donnie has tears streaking down his face through the blood. Michael thanks Donnie and gets on his knees, bowing at his feet, something he'd only seen in Japan, like a warrior conceding victory and gratitude to a greater warrior. It's done, Nigel, and he agreed to put Stallone over. Yes. Strange. I expected he'd insist on Thor getting the pin. The real magic was getting them to accept delayed payoff in the form of royalties. Oh? When we start selling VCR tapes of Empire Mania like I wanted, basically every penny will go to Killian. Julian looks around at the empty locker room. Where is everybody? Where's Madonna? Les Henderson opens the room, shaking his head. 
Ooh boy, what a match. What's going on? Donnie and Michael just finished. Brother, they tore the house down. Julian looks at his watch. It was a sellout. Boys were all watching. What? You were timing the show. How did you let it go on so long? I signaled Joey, but Donnie was ignoring him. But it worked out, Julian. Because honestly, this show was the shits up to that point. Donnie may have saved the night. If people only remember one match, it'll be Michael Angel versus Donnie Gold. Julian storms out and sees Thor Hansen giggling next to Donnie Gold with the EWF belt over Donnie's shoulder. Glad Madonna's on now. I would not want to follow that. What the fuck are you doing? He stomps over past Thor and snatches the belt off Donnie's shoulder and scolds the six-foot-six-inch Viking. You've got a main event to get ready for. Now go fuck off. Thor walks away, head held low, as the other wrestlers begin to disperse slowly. Tommy Aloha looks around at how many top baby faces there are, and how miserable they all look when Julian walked in, and wonders if this was the right move. Julian Kane turns his wrath to Donnie Gold, and you, you were told eight minutes, you went a half hour, and we explicitly said no blood. Your nightmares are just beginning, Gold, because I own you, motherfucker. Forget about working Thor. Forget about ever working on top. I am going to bury you and wipe out your career. I'm going to bankrupt you and your whole family. Chopping you out like the worthless piece of Bible. Donnie Gold hauls off and slugs Julian Kane. Julian flies back to the floor, his feet up in the air, as the wrestlers in the hallway are completely shocked. Donnie Gold! As Henderson checks on Julian, who's out cold on the floor, Madonna's manager Rob Dezima enters the hallway and pokes his finger in Donnie's chest. Did you hear that? Those New York assholes were booing Madonna. Nobody boos Madonna. It's all your damn fault. So guess what, Dildo Breath? You don't get to fuck Madonna tonight. You blew it. Donnie slaps the small man right out of his ponytail. You listen here, boy. You tell Madonna that I'm in room 1002 at the Hyatt, and I expect her to be there tonight wearing nothing but diamonds. <laughs> oh, yeah. The fans are still a little antsy and grumpy after being forced to watch Madonna sing a pop song in the ring after such an emotional and exciting Angel Gold match. As Killian Kavanaugh, Sylvester Stallone, Kong the Destroyer, Thor Hansen, and a host of celebrities like Muhammad Ali, Billy Martin, and Liberace fill the ringside area. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for your main event of Empire Mania. Meanwhile, watching on the monitor, nervously in the back, is Nigel Davies, Les Henderson, and Julian Kane who holds an ice pack over his eye. Nigel and Les give each other a quick look of acknowledgement as they both pretend to not notice it, as the trio anxiously watches to see if Killian Kavanaugh will put over the Hollywood actor and deliver on the match that Julian's entire future with the Empire Wrestling Federation is riding on. Tarzan didn't look too happy we had to yank his match. Who cares? This is the only match that counts. After a few moments of Thor working with both Killian and Kong, Thor tags out to Sylvester Stallone. Killian Kavanaugh stands there, his face changes, stoic and cold, 
just like he did at MTV almost three months ago when he effectively hijacked the entire angle and made Donnie Gold and Sylvester Stallone look like fools. They move in to lock up, just as they practiced in LA. Killian pushes Sly back all the way into the ropes, just like they practiced. Sly extends his arms out to signify a clean break. Killian slowly steps back and releases the hold, just like they practiced. Come on, Killian, do the match we rehearsed with Sly, just do it. Julian wonders how much worse this night can get. Then Killian looks into Stallone's eyes and slaps him in the face hard. Shit, that's not the spot. He's shooting, he's shooting. Julian's heart rate is going through the roof when Stallone improvises and slaps him back. The crowd pops as Stallone eggs on Killian. Oh shit, don't do it Sly, just tag out, tag out. Killian shoves Sly in the chest. Fuck, fuck, should I get out there? Just wait. Then Sly shoves him right back and Killian bumps. Killian flies back into the air, almost doing a flip. The arena explodes. He's working, he's doing it, he's working, he's working. Hendo goes to high five Nigel Davies, who awkwardly reciprocates the first high five of his life, while Julian continues watching the monitor. Of course he is. I'm paying him way too much money to fuck with that. Julian watches Stallone hit Killian with a sloppy clothesline, and Killian flops around like a fish, almost cartoon-like, swinging at imaginary birds in the air in his stupor. The fans are reacting, laughing, but Julian notices his selling is a bit over the top, as if Stallone had superpowers or something, as he steps away from the monitor to go have a cigarette. That's good, Sly. Look at Killian. He's selling. I knew he would. I knew he would all along. As Sylvester Stallone rises to his feet after pinning Killian Cavanaugh to win the match, Killian immediately rolls out to the floor, not selling any kind of damage. And while all attention is on Sylvester Stallone and Thor Hansen in the ring, Killian has a huge grin on his face as he walks down the aisle, and anyone at ringside who's paying attention would see Killian making the money gesture with his hands as he strolls down. As the remaining wrestlers get changed in the locker room and hit the showers, Julian Kane approaches Killian Kavanaugh, who's enjoying a post-match cigarette. Oh, it's quite a shiner you got there, Julian. Taking one for the boys, eh? I saw what you did out there. Eh, not the best match, but I did what you pay me for. Piss off the fans and put the baby face over. You know what I'm talking about. You made it clear to anyone watching that you were doing a job. And that money sign? I saw that. Killian, you exposed this match. And Stallone. Oh, nay, nay, Julian. I didn't expose nothing. Or maybe I did. Who can tell? A lot of fellas exposing to business these days, right? It's all the work, though, isn't it? Killian stands up and gets close to Julian. But hey, anyone thinks there was any funny business? Whose fault is it? Killian Kavanaugh, the most hated man in America, right? Don't that just make me a, a beggar hail? Either I'm getting me comeuppance from a, a beloved Hollywood superstar, or I'm getting paid off to throw a fight. It's all heat either way, right, Julian? You know Stallone will never work with us again, right? Killian puffs a drag from his cigarette. Yeah, fuck him. We got what we wanted from him. Julian shakes his head with a grin as he walks away. Cheer up, love. Up next, me and Tor in a proper wrestling match, right? 
We're all gonna be rich, and that's what counts. Thor approaches Julian. Listen, uh, I'm sorry, brother. Our match was a shit. You need to cut this shit out. I said I'm sorry, I mean... No, this naive, innocent, happy-to-be-in-the-thick-of-things babyface bullshit needs to stop. You are the man, Thor. Not Donnie fucking Gold. I know, and I appreciate what you're saying. No, you don't fucking know. I could have gone with a lot of other guys, but I picked you to be in Chicago a year ago to save Dan Sanders from Prince Abdullah because you were my number one choice to take Empire to the top. And you did it for Madison Square Garden to close circuit locations everywhere across the U.S. and Canada. More wrestling fans than ever came out to watch you. Thor Hansen. So no more worshipping Donnie Gold like a mark. He and everyone in this fucking locker room should be thanking you for drawing the house that puts more money in their pockets. And you need to start acting the part. You're on top now, but nice guys don't stay on top. You need to start being a prick. You need to stop acting like one of the boys and start carrying yourself is the guy who carries this company. Because if you don't, I know Killian Kavanaugh would slap his own grandmother to be in your spot. He fucking gets it. And after tonight, I'd say most of America thinks that world title belt would look a hell of a lot better around the chiseled waist of Michael Angel than yours. Thor looks over at Michael, who's coming out of the shower. His Mr. Universe-like physique covered only by a towel. Remember this, Thor. Seize that brass ring, because everyone can be replaced. Nigel, patiently waiting off to the side, and Julian turns to him, while Thor heads for the showers, carelessly bumping into Michael. Watch where the fuck you're going. <sighs> Give me some good news, Nigel. We had sold out crowds in at least a dozen closed-circuit locations, and still awaiting more reports. Here in New York, all t-shirts and programs sold out. And Michael definitely broke through tonight. The pop for his win was bigger than when Thor beat Abdullah. By any measurement, Julian, Empire Mania was a success. Go out and celebrate, young man. Nothing we can do now but wait for final numbers. Julian Kane steps out of the limo in front of an old church, which was converted into the hottest nightclub in the city, the Limelight. Some of the other Empire folk, like Les Henderson, Michael Angel, Dr. Bilson, some referees, and other TV and business people whose names you can't even remember, spill out onto the sidewalk as well, as Julian imbibes the last few swigs from a bottle of Dom Perignon champagne. They enter the limelight and spread out, which is packed with men and women of all types. From yuppies in their Wall Street suits, to people in studded leather with tall mohawks, Evening gowns, glittery tube tops, shoulder padded suits, or full on costumes. A smallish, pretty young man, looking barely 18 years old, in a white toga and large white feathered angel wings strapped to his back, passes the group on the way downstairs, and he stops in front of Michael Angel, who's done nothing but turn heads as soon as he entered the club. Hi, Hanson, what's your sign? Michael bursts out. Keep away from me, you fruitcake. Whoa, 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 Michael. Come here. Don't worry about him. Come with me. He pulls Michael aside. You did it, Michael. You heard those people tonight? They fucking love you. Everyone here tonight fucking loves you. 
And remember, when you're the man, you can do whatever the fuck you want. So pay no attention to that little cocksucker. Tonight is about you. Just then, a beautiful girl in a metallic bikini, wearing silver eyeshadow, lipstick, and a curly silver wig, walks up between them and kisses Michael deeply. Then, she turns to Julian, looks him up and down with a look of approval, and moves in to kiss him too. Julian kisses her back as he feels her perfectly pert breasts against his body. She steps back and holds out her hand, revealing three pills. So, you boys wanna get high? Michael immediately grabs one and pops it in his mouth. Julian leans in, trying to identify the pills amidst the darkness and multicolored lights of the club. The girl takes both pills, puts them in her teeth, and then pulls Julian's head close and kisses him as he feels both pills shoot into the back of his throat. He pulls away and grabs another bottle of champagne and washes the pills down. Julian stumbles around the strange rooms of the limelight. His suit jacket lost minutes ago, or was it hours, or even days ago? He couldn't tell you. His sweat-soaked white dress shirt unbuttoned down to his belly, carrying around a highball glass of melted ice. The beams of colored light swirl around to him in time to the music. He seems so vivid as he reaches into the air to touch them, grab them, eat them. The people dance around him, paying him no mind. He laughs out loud and points at them because he's invisible. They can't see him if they try. He looks up at the bar and sees the sexiest girl he's ever seen with long, thick blonde hair dancing on a pole. Her curvy body poured into a bikini that's glowing as bright as the sun. It hurts his eyes it's so bright, but he has to look. Finally, she turns around and her face is Thor Hansen's, only his eyes are made out of flame. That can't be Thor. The rest of the boys are at the Rainbow Room at Rockefeller. Or is that where this is? Keeps walking and passes a man in a mask-to-toe black leather outfit, wearing a dog collar and a chain, with a dwarf walking behind him, holding the other end of the chain. He stares at the little person in his bald head, who looks up at Julian, and it's Goliath. You want to be next boy? He jumps back in fear and walks out of this room, where he backs into two large bouncers grabbing a smaller man, dragging him out. The man protests, speaking in Arabic, because it's Prince Abdullah. The security turns to pull him outside. Julian sees one of the bouncers is Jesse James. He can't believe what he's seen, and he backs up into a wall. Only it's not a wall. He turns around, and Sal Spinelli is staring right at him and punches him in the face. flash of light, and now Julian is descending deeper and deeper into the club. There aren't as many people down here. He sees two men in tuxedos, casually smoking cigarettes with their legs crossed as they watch two girls making out, hands on each other's breasts and between their legs. Julian sits for a moment to collect himself. He focuses on the small bar, where a pretty girl with blonde hair ironed out into flat sheets like that girl in the MTV video, drinks champagne 
while a man in a fur coat is on his knees on the floor beneath her, his head buried between her legs under her ruffled dress. Julian smiles to himself in approval and raises his glass to them. His eyes drift to the rest of the room, people scatter, everyone in their own world, yet all together at the same time. It's beautiful, the harmony he feels, as if they're all sharing the same heart, all beating, pounding, as one. Through the colored strobe lights, he sees Michael Angel from afar, and he is awestruck. Michael Angel looks amazing, bathed in a yellow light. His shirt is gone, Michael's rippling physique laid bare. He'd never seen anything so beautiful as him. Michael had actual white feather wings which were flapping rhythmically with the music. Like a real angel. This is what the girls see when Michael Angel is in that ring. This is what Thor Hansen is missing. Maybe Michael should be the one to carry Empire. Michael bends over and Julian sees the wings are still there, flapping in midair. Incredible. He moves closer and refocuses when he sees the wings are attached to someone else who was standing behind Michael. That 18-year-old club kid dressed like an angel from the front entrance when they first got here. He is thrusting in time with the music, fucking his intercontinental champion right in front of everyone. Michael raises back up and takes the young man's hand and presses it against his own body as he throws his head back in complete ecstasy. Nigel Davies is in his new office in the new Empire headquarters as workers put finishing touches throughout. Head buried in some papers with his reading glasses on the end of his nose. A line of smoke coming up from his cigarette resting in a large brown glass ashtray on the desk as Julian Kane raps on the door cup of coffee in his hand. Nigel, uh, I have to ask you a question, because I'm honestly not sure what I saw. Everything was, was such a fog at that club. Um, I don't even know how to say this, but is Michael Angel gay? Nigel stops, pulls the glasses off his nose, and looks up at Julian. I did quite a few things for Bert and his family over the years, but one of the most unusual but necessary duties I held we're keeping Michael's activities as secret as possible throughout Dallas. Julian, realizing what he saw was real. Being away from his father, away from home, I knew an incident was inevitable, but I hoped it would never happen in front of his boss. Julian, I care for the boy, truly. He is a tortured soul who would never admit what he is. He tries with the girls, he does try, but what does Bert think? As with many things, Bert keeps his head in the sand. He's convinced Michael just hasn't found the right girl yet. Hmm. He can never be world champion, Kenny. Too dangerous. If the public found out what he is, he'd be ruined, and so would we. It's a shame, really. Nigel looks down. Yes, it is. Just then, Jerry Guzman appears. Ah, there you are, Mr. Kane. May I? Please, Jerry, come in. Jerry and Julian fully enter Nigel's office. Mr. Kane, you should sit for this. Julian sits in the chair in front of Nigel's desk. Jerry sits in the other. 
Now I assure you, Mr. Kane, we did everything we could to call all finances from all sources, leaving no stone unturned. We, we triple checked all receipts from our closed circuit locations, as well as all deposits rendered. What? Well, sir, I'm afraid to report, you're going to be short by roughly $676,000. What? What are you saying? <sighs> sir, the estate lawyers already know. The paperwork's being drawn up as we speak to complete the handover of controlling ownership of the Empire Wrestling Federation to Luigi Giannopoulos and Sal Spinelli. This is it, folks. The end of the road. Just one more episode left to wrestling's first audio drama podcast, The Kings of the Ring. And if you liked everything up to this point, I think you're really going to dig the big finale which will be much better than the Game of Thrones finale. And if you are into the Kings of the Ring, please show your support by visiting the official merchandise store of the Kings of the Ring on the official website, kingsotr.com store. And we'll see you next time for the jumbo-sized finale, episode 20. <laughs>